What's everyone? Dan Blewett here. Welcome back to Dear Baseball Gods. And this week, we're going to talk about hitting approach. Now, I was not a hitter, uh, but I dissected hitters for a living, and I competed against hitters for a living. And I can tell you a lot about why some hitters succeed and why other hitters do not. So when you're talking about what makes a good hitter, there's a number of different factors. Uh, many of which are tangible, many of which are intangible, many of which we can teach, many of which we probably can't teach very well. Uh, but there's unifying factors with all of them. And some of those are a high quality mechanical swing. So when you look at the big leagues, you see everyone pretty much has a good swing, right? They all swing mostly the same way where the variance between a guy hitting 350 and a guy hitting 220 in the big leagues is what? It's his approach, right? It's his coordination, his eyes, what can he barrel up, what can he not? Uh, because it all comes down to how hard you end up hitting the ball consistently, right? With baseball, this is a, a key thing to understand. With baseball, it's unlike other sports in that there's so much variance, there's so much luck that you can't control all your outcomes. So, you know, it's not a hitting game. It's not, it's not golf where when you hit it great and you hit it straight, it's going to get you the outcome that you want for the most part. Obviously, in golf, I know you could have a million different weird balances and all that stuff. But uh, in baseball, you crush a line drive right into somebody's glove. You hit a blooper that wins a game, right? We know that. That happens all the time. There's a certain amount of luck and variance. Batting average for balls in play is about 300 at the big league level, which means when you hit the ball in play 10 times when it's not a home run, it's not a strikeout. When you just put it in play 10 times, on average, about three of those become hits just because, you know, the ground ball that becomes a double play that ends the inning is the same ground ball that makes it through a hole and wins a game, right? There's no difference in the game-winning single, but there, uh, that game-winning single is just a good outcome, right? That same ground ball hit two steps to the right, goes in the shortstop's glove, becomes a game-ending double play. We've all lived that as players, and... It's, uh, it's one of those things where everyone talks about process over outcome, right? Process over outcome. So the process is, did you take a good swing? Did you pick a good pitch to hit? Did you hit it hard? If you did that, then your process was good. Your outcome is just going to be whatever luck says it will be. But when you hit the ball harder more often, what happens? Fielders have reduced range. You know, you hit a ball 95 miles per hour off the bat, which is hard, but not super hard. Fielders can react X amount, like their range is not super big, right? But it's not super small either. You hit a ball 105 off the bat, their range decreases even more. They only have like one step to reach for it or it's through the infield. So hitting the ball hard consistently is a process outcome or as a process that uh, leads to better outcomes. The harder hit balls, I'm sorry, the more hard hit balls you have when you put the ball in play consistently, is going to lead to higher batting average, yada, 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 yada. So what makes a hitter good? And really, this is a simple, simple question uh, with a relatively simple answer. And it's, I think, majorly two prongs. Number one, plate discipline. Number two, a good approach. So ignoring the mechanical aspects of the swing, which I'm not a hitting guy. I'm not going to go into good swings and bad swings. I know good swings and bad swings when I see them. I can pick out holes when I see them. Uh, but here we're just going to talk about approach and we're going to talk about plate discipline. So with plate discipline, the biggest factor that I found when I moved up in levels, when I pitched at higher levels of baseball against guys who'd played in the big leagues, guys who played at AAA, guys who played in AA, they 
understood what they could do at the plate and what they could not do at the plate. They understood that they could not drive a pitch on the outer third, no matter if it was a fastball slide or changeup. They could not drive it with any sort of authority, so they would take it. They knew they could not drive a pitch on the inner corner of the black, so they would take it even if that meant striking out sometimes rather than swing at it because they know when they swing at it, it's going to be a ground ball that stays on the infield and is an out 99% of the time. That's just an example, right? So every hitter is different what pitch he can and cannot get, uh, what pitch he can and cannot drive, and what he decides to swing at and what he does not. So that is more of uh, the approach. So their approach is what pitches do I, what pitches do I hit well, right? And I know this is a con, you know, it's a constant battle with hitting coaches trying to get hitters to say, look, here's the pitches that you drive well. The pitch middle of the plate, middle in, and middle down, whatever it is, okay? Those three, those are the pitches you drive. So if that's your approach, and let's say you don't uh, hit sliders very well, or you don't hit change-ups very well, don't swing at them. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really obvious, right? Don't swing at them. You have to, can we discern each pitch, and can we find a way to get more reps in BP, Whatever it is, there's some tools out there. Uh, I think there's one called Game Tracker, or uh, I'm sorry, Game Sense, that will help you discern different pitches out of the hand. Uh, can you get better at picking out which pitch is coming and then Xing it out or not? So when you X out a pitch, it just means uh, I'm not going to offer that pitch. So I can pick up his curveball. I've Xed out his curveball. It means I'm not going to swing at that curveball no matter where it is. Um, and even within reason. So I know a lot of parents, as they watch the game, they don't quite understand this. They say, oh, that pitch, that pitch was right there. It's two strikes. got to protect the plate. Protecting the plate, depending on the level of baseball, makes sense. Protecting the plate at certain levels of baseball doesn't make sense. Uh, and when you're trying to foster plate discipline for players, there's a time to just take that pitch and strike out, and there's another time to just put that ball in play. And that just takes coaching. It takes some massaging, some finesse to figure out when those times are. And a player needs to know that as well. But a lot of times, it's okay to just take a pitch that you can't drive, even if that means striking out. Because the outcome is not going to be significantly different uh, if you just hit that ball weekly to second base versus putting it in play. And if we always have that mindset where I'm going to put balls in play, whether they're, I can drive them or not, because I don't want to strike out or I don't want to get to two strikes, that's another one. We're always sometimes thinking too far ahead. I don't want to get to two strikes, so I swung at that pitch. Uh, that's where we start to lead. Like We start to degrade our approach. We start to de degrade our discipline because we're trying to not get ourselves in positions where we then have to swing at stuff. But you ultimately never have to swing at a pitch you don't want to swing at. So this, uh, this conversation does change depending on what level of baseball you're at. When you're playing 11U, Putting the ball in play means you're going to be safe. They're going to make an error. It's going to get through whatever a higher percentage of the time than in Division One baseball, for example, where most teams field 960 or better probably. Right? In pro ball and the big leagues, they field 980 or better, which means 49 out of every 50 chances are converted into an out. So, you know, putting the ball in play has a different potential outcome depending on the level. So depending on where you are, it might be a good decision to swing at a pitch that's borderline with two strikes just to put it in play. Uh, or it might not. It just depends on the situation. It can also depend on those things. But when we're talking about what do good hitters do, good hitters in general, they don't miss the pitch that they get that they can drive. So if it's like I hit middle, I hit middle in, I hit down, uh, 
when I get a pitch there, I'm ready to hit it, and I swing at it, and I put my best swing on it. So when I get that pitch, it's the I'm going to put the ball in play, and I'm going to give myself a high percentage chance of hitting the ball hard. Now, when good hitters start to stray from that plan, they start to swing at pitches up, they start to pitch, swing at pitches away or down and in, wherever pitches aren't in their plan, that's when they start to get themselves out much, much, much more consistently because they're swinging at pitches that they can't drive anyway and they know they can't drive them. Uh, and so they start to deviate from the plan and they roll that pitch over, they pop that pitch up, they start to do things that they're not good at doing. So uh, a good analogy of this would be like, you know, say you're a golfer and say you hit your five, six, and seven irons really well. And you don't hit your eight iron, you don't hit your nine iron, you don't hit your pitching wedge very well. So you get within a certain distance and you could hit either your seven or you could hit your eight. You hit your seven really well, you don't hit your eight very well. Uh, you know, the distance is kind of iffy where it's probably a little better for the eight. Which one should you choose? Should you choose the club you hit better that it still might be a long, maybe you have to shorten up a little bit? Uh, or should you hit the eight iron where you know you're just probably not going to hit it well just in general, but it's probably the right club for that situation because it's the right distance or whatever. What should you do? I'm not a golfer, but probably hit the seven iron, right? If that's the one that you're just going to put a better swing on in general, uh, then you could probably massage it a little bit and try to maybe take a little off and get the yards that you need rather than hitting a club that you don't hit very well in general. Even if it's the right club, it's still the wrong club because you just don't hit it very well. So we want to try to make sure we're swinging at good pitches whenever possible. And we have to understand what do we do well? How does our swing work? How can we have the discipline to only swing at the pitches that we know we can drive? So and an approach. Approach comes back to a couple different things. What kind of hitter are you? Do you have the power to go deep on balls? Should you be lifting the ball a little more? Are you a smaller guy who doesn't have a lot of power? How much bat speed do you have? Can you pull a really good fastball for your level? So say you're playing high school baseball and most kids throw 80 and you have, you're facing a kid throwing 85. Do you have the bat speed to pull a ball down the line? If you don't, what should your approach be that game? Should it be, uh, I'm going to try to ambush and try to push, pull the ball and try to go deep on this guy? Or should it be, I'm going to try to stay middle and away and uh, I know the ball is going to get deeper on me than normal because he's throwing really hard. Um, but I'm going to try to see it deep and just try to punch it through the right side or punch it up the middle and, uh, and, and put it a good swing on the ball. So those kind of approaches lead to better outcomes because the hitter's not getting ahead of himself. He's not doing things that he's not capable of doing. So a lot of times for me as a pitcher, as I'm watching a hitter, I'm reading for those same things. I'm saying, well, can this guy pull the ball? Can this guy put me out of the yard? Can this guy... Can he do this? Can he do that? If I throw him a breaking ball, can he swing? Can he hit it? Uh, I'm trying to make a good assessments based on what I've seen, what he can and can't do. And when he can't do something, I'm then trying to match up. Well, all right, he can't really pull the ball. Can I get the ball in on him? If it's a lefty, for me personally, I couldn't really get the ball in on lefties very well. So that was kind of like a no. But if it was a righty and this guy can't pull the ball, like, all right, I'm really good at going into righties, so I'm going to probably just own this guy and just go in and in and in. And this is all going to work out really well for me. So as a hitter, you have to know and trust what you can and can't do to try to start to just condense everything down. So as you go out there, you say, okay, I'm not a power guy. I'm more of a line drive type hitter. I can't pull the ball super well, especially against harder than average pitching. So with all those factors combined, your approach should probably be 
try to spray line drives and hit the ball hard uh, the middle and opposite way. And when that's your plan, when that's your approach, then what should you do to match that? You should not swing at pitches that go counter to that. And that means pitches on the inner part of the plate. And that means pitches that are probably uh, either at the very top border or the very bottom border of the zone. So you're still probably, you know, everyone wants to swing pretty much middle, but um, you've got to figure out like, how does your barrel work? Do you like the pitch down? Do you like the pitch in the middle? Do you like it up a little more, whatever. But if your approach is milling away, you can't take a hack at that inner third, inner half pitch if you can't go middle away with it. Now, if you can say, okay, I can, uh, anything middle or away, I'm going to hit middle or away. Anything middle or like bleeding into inner half, I'm going to try to put a good swing in that, hit it middle or maybe slightly to the pull side, but anything middle third or in, I'm taking. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's two strikes, I'm, I'm taking. Uh, and then say like this kid's got his breaking ball is just too good and I can't, I can't pick it up well. I'm just like not going to be able to hit it. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it knowing that he's probably not going to throw me three of them for called strikes and strike me out. So if I'm just going to take every slider or every curveball, then uh, that's fine. I'm just going to wait for my one fastball in the outer half, and when I get it, I'm going to drive it. That's what good hitters do. They start to shorten everything up and compartmentalize so that when they, uh, they get their pitch, they put a good swing on it. And so from the pitcher's perspective, I'll tell you about some of the hitters that I found easy to get out versus hitters that were hard to get out. So hitters that were easy to get out were guys that had an obvious tendency or they had an obvious approach. And that was usually guys who I, I'm small and I like to hit the ball the opposite way because I'm small and that's my approach. A, I can see that you're small and A, I can see that you're hitting seven, eight, nine or you're hitting lead off or whatever. So I can already kind of smell that about you and I can kind of tell by your stance. I can kind of tell by your swing. I can tell that you're probably not going to hurt me. So I can probably kind of tell that you're going to go middle and away against me. So if that's the case, I'm assuming you have slower, a slower bat. And I am assuming that if I throw it on the inner half or in with my good hard fastball, that you're not going to be able to do much about it. So I'm just going to pitch you inside the whole time and you're probably going to be screwed. Um, and then conversely, guys who like to take, try to take me deep, who are like big power guys, who had this sort of longer loopier swing, uh, trying to just like launch and get some loft on the ball. Those guys also tend to be easy outs because they're also telegraphing a very different approach, but still a very obvious approach. Like I'm going to try to make you pay if you leave it on the inner half or maybe on the inner third or the ball up over the middle of the plate. Uh, and so with those guys, it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. Uh, all I really got to do is get ahead of you and get one strike, and then I can put you away with pitches on the outside part of the plate, or I can bury a breaking ball, uh, or I can throw a fastball or a changeup. I'm sorry, I can throw a changeup probably right down the middle and just let it sink as you kind of sink into your front foot and just beat into the ground. So anytime hitters have some sort of obvious thing, it becomes a lot easier for a pitcher to say, okay, he's probably trying to do this, therefore I'm going to probably do this and this is where my strength is so this I'm going to match it up really well with this thing and uh, so it's this combination the way that we call pitches as pitchers of saying here's my strengths as a pitcher here's my weaknesses as a pitcher here's what I think the hitter's strengths are here's what I think the, the hitter's weaknesses are we're going to mash those all sort of together and I'm going to see what the best balance is of me taking my strengths against his weaknesses and sometimes you're not going to know that. You're not going to have that information. 
but when you do, it becomes very powerful and very easy to use against hitters, assuming that you as a pitcher can execute, because that's what it also comes down to as well. If you can't execute pitches, it doesn't matter if you know what to throw, as long as you can't actually throw it there, right? So you have to actually execute pitches, and if you don't, that's just what pitching is. Like you've got to like choose the pitch, but you still got to make the pitch. So the hitters that I found toughest to get out were hitters that didn't have an obvious tendency. They didn't obviously want to go away. They weren't obviously trying to pull. They weren't obviously trying to hit dingers. They weren't obviously just trying to hit singles through the right side. Guys that could go to either gap, guys that could hit the inner pitch like the inner third pitch or the outer third pitch somewhere in that gap no one hits the inner corner pitch no one hits the outer corner pitch but like the inner third if they could still get the barrel on it a little bit and yank it or the outer third and they could still get the barrel on it and, and spray a line drive between the first baseman and the third base and the second baseman those hitters were really really tough because i couldn't tell at any given point based on their stance based on their swing based on the game situation which side of the plate was a better side for them because they would adjust they would pull their hands in pull the ball if it was there they'd go the opposite way if it was out there and uh you still try to execute and make good pitches of those guys but you never have a good read on them you never feel like you're super comfortable against them and it makes you want to stay out of the middle of the plate even more and what that does is then you start to miss because you start to give yourself less margin for error when you start to go towards the periphery of the plate so with guys like that, and I think the the example that pops in my head uh, that I face a bunch in the Atlantic League was Sean Burroughs, who played in the majors a couple different times. He was like a renowned Little League, Little League World Series star as a kid. Um, but Sean would hit th- over 300 every year and didn't have a ton of power, but we'd get a couple, he'd get his home runs here and there. Um, but he also just hit a bunch of doubles and hit line drives all day because he was just waiting to see the ball deep and he would not commit until he knew where it was going and he wouldn't swing it that many bad balls he would swing at pitches that he could drive and he would spray line drives anywhere pretty much on the field and there were lots of other guys that had that same kind of approach and they would turn in consistent years year after year they consistently get another contract renewal um, because teams trusted that they're going to go out there and even if they started slow or whatever they're going to turn around because their approach to the plate was so good that they're just going to get their hits because they're going to only swing at pitches that are in that center two-thirds of the plate and uh, and they can go either direction with it. But when guys have one tendency where they can't hit a breaking ball or they can't, hitters figured it out or hit, pitchers will figure it out and then they'll start to exploit that over time. Where guys that it's known they can't hit a breaking ball or it's known they can't hit a fastball up, they start getting only fastballs up. Not only, but they start getting lots of fastballs up and lots of curveballs down and whatever it is because pitchers are smart and scouts are smart and they, they pass this information around and uh, it becomes known. And that's why it's so hard. You see a guy has a break, breakout like rookie season or second year season in the big leagues. It's not clear that they're going to be a long-term major leaguer yet because hitters, they're going to be adjusted to pretty quickly they're you know everyone else is going to go to the tape okay this guy hit 340 he killed us this year uh where's the hole in the swing what are we going to do how do we attack him they're going to find new alternate ways and you've seen this you've seen guys like ryan howard how was ryan howard chris davis so successful and then they like can't get a hit at all guys figure them out there were lots of examples like this and a lot of them you probably can't remember because they were like these 
you know, like the, the star that burns the brightest uh, burns out the fastest kind of, kind of guys where they just crush and then they get figured out and they can't adjust. And then it becomes this mental thing where, oh, God, I haven't gotten to hit a month. I haven't gotten to hit a month. Uh, and they start to press and they start to press and they start to press. And then the mental game starts to come in and it destroys you from, when, from inside. I mean, there's no, and I don't know the situation with Chris Davis or with Ryan Howard, obviously, but you wonder how much the mental part of it came into it because these are still guys that just destroyed the big leagues for a period of time. And you just wonder how can you get that few hits? Like you're there every day. You have hitting coaches, you have all the resources in the world. You wonder how much the stress of not performing and how much the extra pressure they put on themselves ends up being a factor in keeping them in that slump and not getting out of that slump. Uh, Because it just, long term it doesn't end up making that much sense when you can do it for a short period of time it's then when they adapt to you can you adapt back to them can you take those breaking balls they throw in the dirt can you start to adjust and see those breaking balls now you're ahead in the count again now they have to throw you a fastball now you can drive it and you come back to what you want to do so you know again the big thing with with hitting is there's so many undisciplined swings there's so many undisciplined swings in hitting and i'll say it again the big thing in hitting is there's so many undisciplined swings. And as a, as a, as a former pitcher, as a pitching coach, as a, as a coach in general, you see undisciplined swings and you know they're not going to get consistently good results. Hitters only start to get consistently good results if they're A, just naturally great at hitting. And there's always a couple kids like that on every team where they can just hit. They can hit the ball up, they can hit the ball down, they can just get the barrel of the bat to the ball. That happens, and that's a phenomenal talent that they have. But for everyone else they have to try to maximize by only swinging at pitches that they can drive. You know, they're not Vladimir Rare. They're not going to get the barrel of the ball to it here and there. They've got to maximize what they can do. And that's about being disciplined and knowing what pitches they're only going to swing at and understanding their approach. What do they want to do at the plate? What's their outcome? Are they a guy that can actually pull the ball off authority? Are they not? And if they're not, that's okay. They just have to be who they are and reflect what their approach and their unique skill set is right you see this in the major leagues you don't see little guys you know billy hamilton type guys trying to hit the ball out of the park because they're not going to enough to make it worth it and they're going to fly out so many more times for every home run they hit that's why my shirt says let's argue about like launch angle is not a thing that most young players should be concerned about they should be most concerned about making consistent hard contact, getting on plane with the baseball and hitting line drives and learning to do that first and learning who they are as hitters, learning what they can do and what they can't, which pitches they can drive, which pitches they can't, what their best approach is for them. So then they can they have a plan when they, that they take to the plate, they can long-term hone and be more and more successful. Because once you know, okay, this, these are the pitches that I get, what do they look like out of the hand? You have to still identify them and then put a good swing at them. And get the barrel of the ball or the barrel of the bat to them. All right. So, just a short podcast for this week. Just wanted to talk about him because I got a lot of a lot of questions about it. And uh, obviously, I'm not diving into the mechanical side because that's not my forte. But uh, there's tons of approach stuff, tons of discipline stuff that I wanted to talk about. That they 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 seem to make the difference between good hitters and bad. Because when you see guys in the big leagues, they all have very good swings, right? But some hit 200 and some hit 350. And the difference is. Besides their vision and their coordination and their natural proclivity to get the, bat, uh, the barrel to the ball, 
it's also their their discipline, their approach, and what they're trying to do at the plate, and how well they then execute on that plan. Because execution matters too. When they get their pitch, do they drive it? You know, they could they could take 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 take, and then they get their pitch. Do they drive it when they get it, or do they take it, or do they foul it off, or do they hit it in the ground? You still have to execute, and that's what execution looks like a hit, as a hitter is executing when you do get your pitch. Do you drive it? And I know that as a pitcher. When I see, I, I make good pitch, good pitch, good pitch, uh, left one over the middle, and he missed it. All right, good pitch, good pitch, now you're out, right? But it gets hard pitching when every time you make a mistake, guy puts a really good swing on it. That's when it gets really, really hard, and, uh, and that's how really good hitters beat you. It's a waiting game. They take, they take, they take, they foul off, they foul off. I leave one over the middle, they make me pay, right? So that's it for this week of, uh, of Dear Baseball Gods. Again, if you want to support the show, number one, definitely subscribe on YouTube. Definitely subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening from. Um, so definitely hit that subscribe button and make sure you're notified every time I release a new video. I'm going to have consistent uh, work coming out every week, new podcasts, videos, short and long, all that different stuff. So definitely subscribe so you get notified right away. And then uh, lastly, lastly, be sure to check me out on social media. And if you do want to sponsor the show, you can do so on my Patreon page. So feel free to check that out on patreon.com backslash Dear Baseball Guides. All right, we'll see you next week.